On this episode of Bright Future, I talk about the White House press secretary twisting words from laws to fit her agenda. I also talk about the Biden-Ukraine theory and the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Oh, and a funny duck for some reason. Hello and welcome to my weekly political and philosophical podcast that follows current events. I'm your host, Samuel Adams, but please call me Sam. This podcast aims to look at our political events and how we may improve that there may one day be a bright future. With no further ado, let's begin our episode for this week, which I have titled, Do a Barrel Roll. So there I am, scrolling through the briefing room on whitehouse.gov. Nothing is instantly standing out to me, uh, but there is the 50th anniversary, or the would-have-been 50th anniversary of Roe vs. Wade, which I've already covered in several previous episodes. California has had a few natural disasters, but those pop up every other week for various different states. So I looked over at the press briefing from the press secretary from January 18th, 2023. 50 years after the Supreme Court's 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade, ultra-MAGA Republican officials continue to push at all levels of government for extreme legislation rolling back women's fundamental rights including a national abortion ban. At the state level, more than 60 anti-choice bills have been produced for the 2023 legislative session, including extreme proposals going as far as threatening women with felony charges for accessing care. Hitchens Razor, Kareen, okay, you aren't actually on the show, so I can't hold you to the rules, but do you have a source? Because you didn't include one. Instead, I went looking for one for you over on congress.gov, and I looked at the top 10 most viewed pieces of legislation in the past week. Number one on that list is the Fair Tax Act of 2021. This law did not pass, and also isn't a part of the current Congress, which I think is a good thing, considering that the Fair Tax Act of 2021 would have made the national sales tax 23% starting this year. To put that in context, there is no current national sales tax, and instead only state sales tax, which usually falls between 4 and 7%. Number two on the most viewed legislation this week is H.R. 26, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. This bill so far is passed in the House but and is going to the Senate, with 220 yeses and 210 nays. I'm assuming that this is what Corrine meant by a uh, national abortion ban in her briefing, so let's read it real quick. 1. If an abortion results in the live birth of an infant, that infant is the legal person for all purposes under the laws of the United States and entitled to the protections of such laws. Any infant born alive after an abortion or within a hospital, clinic, or other facility has the same claim to the protection of the law that would arise for any newborn, or for any person that comes to a hospital, clinic, or other facility for screening and treatment, or otherwise becomes a patient within its care. The bill goes on to define an abortion as the use of an instrument or prescription to terminate the pregnancy of a woman known to be pregnant, with the exceptions of intent to produce a live birth or remove a dead unborn child, a stillbirth. 
The bill says nothing about threatening women with a felony charges for having an abortion or anything like that. This bill does require that children born as a result of an attempted abortion receive the same medical care as a premature birth. It does nothing to ban or criminalize abortion attempts. Nothing in the top 10 most viewed bills said anything else about abortion either, so I instead started scrolling through all of the legislation that has been introduced so far in the 118th Congress. I found some really fun ones, like the one planning to abolish the ATF, uh, but I did find a few others about abortion. There's H.R. 384 to prohibit the use or declaration of a public health emergency with respect to abortion and other purposes, and H.R. 371 to provide a moratorium on federal funding to Planned Parenthood Federation of America. These bills were both introduced to the House on January 17th, but as of today, January 23rd, the text and summary of those bills is not available from the Congress.gov website so I can't review these at all. But neither of those sound like a national abortion ban, at least from their titles. H.R. 384 would prevent the president from declaring a public health emergency if anything legally happened to abortion, and 371 would add a moratorium, a, a temporary limit or delay on federal funds, taxpayer dollars, being sent to Planned Parenthood. While scrolling further and further back, I did find other bills similar to 371, and the one in particular here was H.R. 330, to amend Title X of the Public Health Service Act to prohibit family planning grants from being awarded to any entity that performs abortions and for other purposes. This bill was introduced on January 12th, and still nine days later, the Library of Congress has not yet received the text for this bill. Usually the deadline for the Library of Congress to receive a bill is two or three days. There's also H.R. 7, No Taxpayer Funding for Abortion and Abortion Insurance Full Disclosure Act, which was introduced on January 9th and, according to the text, effectively accomplishes the same thing as H.R. 330, at least from the title, but includes exceptions to cases of rape, incest, and where disorders, injuries, or illnesses endanger a woman's life unless an abortion is performed. Again, not a federal ban or even restriction, it just prevents taxpayer dollars from being used. And finally, I found H.R. 106, Abortion is Not a Healthcare Act of 2023. This bill prevents abortions from being a tax write-off due to that procedure currently being defined as a healthcare. So searching through every bill that had the word abortion in the title, and I couldn't find anything in the so far 461 bills introduced into the 118th Congress that could be even so much as slightly considered a ban. Which means the press secretary either lied or is attempting to mislead us into getting angry at something as a distraction from something else. And then I found that something else Kareen probably didn't want me looking at. an interview that President Biden did in mid-September with 60 Minutes. And in that interview, he chided former President Trump for having in his possession classified documents. He called it irresponsible. First of all, do you think it was proper for President Biden 
to comment on an ongoing DOJ investigation? So I'm going to say this, uh, and I'm going to keep it really short today, as it relates to this particular issue, as it relates to an ongoing uh, legal matter, I'm going to refer you to Department of, Just, uh, Department of Justice in, with the, that specific, as it relates to uh, anything that you want to ask of us uh, about uh, this, uh, this legal matter, I would refer you to the White House Counsel uh, Office. I'm, I'm going to leave it there, I'm not going to go I'm into further. I, and I just, I, I just commented. I just commented. We're moving on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I already answered your question. Go ahead. Well, I, I did. Well, it's your, it's your opinion. It's your opinion. It's your opinion. That is your opinion. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have two domestic questions. In case you have not heard, last year the FBI raided former President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago and discovered that he was holding on to classified documents that should have been returned after his presidency ended. In September, Biden criticized that this action in a 60 Minutes interview. But between then and today, 20 classified documents were discovered in Biden's uh, home and his former office and his home. And those documents should have been returned after his vice presidency during the Obama administration. Feels a little hypocritical, doesn't it? Which brings me to the fourth most viewed bill on Congress.gov, House Resolution Number 57, impeaching Joseph R. Biden, President of the United States, for abuse of power by enabling bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Let's go over the story, as outlined in this resolution, so this is the resolution's word, not necessarily the facts. According to the resolution, before Joe Biden was vice president under the Obama administration, his son, Hunter Biden, was paid $4 billion to join the board of directors of Burisuma, a Ukrainian oil company. After Joe became vice president, the Ukrainian government began an anti-corruption program. In 2016, their top anti-corruption prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, began an investigation into Burisuma while Hunter was still on Burisuma's board of directors. Then-Vice President Biden threatened to withhold $1 billion in loan guarantees if Ukraine's leaders did not dismiss Shokin. Ukrainian parliament fired Shokin. This, in addition to other, quote, dodgy business deals, are cited as reasons that President Biden should be impeached, tried, and removed from office, and be disqualified from holding future offices, according to this resolution. When I write these episodes, I generally use Wikipedia to get a base set of facts before digging deeper into various sources to confirm what Wikipedia says. And this is where I run into issues. Quote, The Biden-Ukraine Conspiracy Theory a series of false claims centered on the baseless allegation that while Joe Biden was vice president, he engaged in corrupt activities relating to the employment of his son, Hunter Biden, by the gas company Burisuma. According to Wikipedia, Joe did not threaten to withhold the loan guarantee and instead, Shokin himself was the one who was corrupt. An investigation into the prosecutor general's office discovered diamonds, cash, and other valuables as well as documents and passports belonging to Shokin end quote from Wikipedia. But Wikipedia is supposed to be entirely unbiased, and its wording should reflect that. 
It doesn't call the events of the Holocaust horrific, but instead shows you the facts of what happened and allows you to come to that conclusion by yourself. But for this page, words like conspiracy and baseless show clear bias. In addition, conspiracy, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is defined as a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. But there's no group, it's just Joe Biden. So this doesn't qualify as a conspiracy, yet. In addition, that section that I just read to you there from Wikipedia, according to Wikipedia, Joe did not threaten to withhold the loan guarantee. But he did, and that is a fact. The reason why, though, may be different. According to The Independent, the time frame of this theory doesn't work. The investigation into Burasuma was already finished by the time Shokin was fired. And I agree, I don't think the time frame makes sense. If you read the House Resolution yourself, and I think you'll agree as well, instead of clearly laying out a chronological timeline, the resolution starts its story in 2015, and then the timeline goes to 2016, back to 2015, to 2017, back to 2016, all the way back to 2011, and then 2008. And none of the dates included are precise, it's just the year, without mention of the day or even the month. All of this doesn't even mention that the dates and times for many important events to this story aren't included at all. The beginning and end of the investigation in Burasuma, when Hunter was added to the board of directors, when the loan guarantee was supposed to go th to Ukraine versus when it actually did after Biden withheld it, and more. One thing in this story is true, though. Biden did withhold the loan guarantee. However, according to several sources, this was in accord with official policy of the federal government as a whole, and not just Biden alone using this loan guarantee as leverage. And unfortunately, due to the extreme misinformation or lack of information from both sides of the debate, it's impossible to form an opinion on this theory, a well-informed opinion on this theory. I was unable to find a time frame for the investigation into Burasuma, which is critical for arguments both for and against. But this theory is not cited as the only reason in this and other resolutions that Biden should possibly be impeached for. Other reasons include, but are not limited to, Biden's extension of the COVID-19 ban on evictions from apartments, his handling of border security, the handling of the withdrawal from Afghanistan, and most recently, quote, endangering the energy security of the United States by selling oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to foreign nations. Some of these reasons are actually included several times. The troop withdrawal and border security are cited as the reasons in three resolutions each. But now, I'm worried about that strategic reserve. In the event that something big happens, like a war is preventing the United States from getting oil, we need to reserve to tide us over. This reserve was first made back in 1982 and currently has a capacity of 714 million barrels. Over the past decade, the reserve has been just under that max, at 450 and 700 million um, barrels between 2011 and 2021. Except that in the past two years, the reserve dropped from 650 million to around 375 million barrels. 
nearly half capacity. What happened to all that oil? Well, a 2018 law, the Bipartisan Budget Act, called for the sale of 30 million barrels between 2022 and 2025, and then another 70 million between 2026 and 2027. In addition, starting in November of 2021, 50 million barrels were released to address high gas prices. In March of 2022, another 30 million was released in response to the invasion of Ukraine. Later that same month, Biden announced that he would release another million barrels per day from the reserve for the next 180 days. All of this totals our reserves to be at barely over half capacity. I don't agree that this is an impeachable offense, but it certainly isn't a good thing. Oh, and don't forget to add in Fixing America's Service Transportation Act from 2015, which sells another 66 million barrels between 2023 and 2025, or the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, which sells another 7 million barrels between 2026 and 2027. Finally, we come to this episode's title, Do a Barrel Roll. It's probably the most iconic line from the video game Star Fox, but it also relates to the political maneuvering that Corinne Jean-Pierre is doing to twist the wording of bills, and that both sides of the Biden-Trump debate are doing to try and get each other impeached. And finally, it's all of those millions of barrels of oil from our just-in-case reserve rolling all away. And you are right, I did have a problem with my stream. I was still on the starting soon screen instead of the chatting screen by accident until you reminded me. Thanks for that. Yeah. Still a pretty darn bleak future in my vision. Which part? The whole thing. The political maneuvering, the... Biden-Ukraine theory, the strategic reserve. In my opinion, this is my opinion, I would say it all seems to be a shit show. Yeah, that's probably about right. Why do you think I have this podcast if that's what it's for? To try and clean up the shit show. Yeah, but I don't get why you went with the title you went with. Is it for irony? Do a because barrel roll? Very... No. The podcast's name. Oh, right, future. It's because I don't think that there is one, right? And, well, the original reason why I went for bright future was... You know how the birth rate in the United States is declining? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, um, I forget exactly what his name is, but there's a, I know he's a scientist, or he's a university professor, professor who quote, who has this quote, and it's, the birth rate is a barometer of despair, right? If the birth rate goes down, it's because young people, such as myself, don't have or plan to have children because we don't think the world's headed in a positive direction. And until it is, we won't plan to have children. Because we want our world to be better for our children, not worse. And yet our world is clearly getting worse and not better. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's not even just the political side of things. The environmental side of things is a 
whole nother can of worms. I've done a few episodes on the environment as well, yeah. I feel like the way that I could fix it is through politics, though. Like, that's that's an attainable goal for me. So that's why I have this podcast. Because, heck, with all of this research, I will be able to fully understand exactly how our government works. At which point, I can start running for stuff. Like, run for I office. I mean, that and, you know... They probably should have taught this to us in school. Yeah, they definitely should have. So don't forget to fix a little bit of that. Definitely got it. Yeah, education reform is going to be a big thing on that uh, political agenda right there. Yeah. This podcast basically is my political agenda if I ever get into office. With room to change, though, because of belief perseverance i didn't go over the rules at the beginning of this episode because i do that on every single episode and i don't think that it's actually necessary but one of the rules I mean, that i chose is it is to keep necessary but at the exact same time you could just have an audio recording and put it up on your starting soon screen true but like i feel like if i go over them every time it, it adds unnecessary bloat to the episode because I mean, I am planning on turning these episodes into a book because I do write a full script every single time I do this. So I'm going to turn yeah. them into a book at the end of this year, right? Just 2023 The Soapbox is what it's called because it's me soapboxing. Uh, you're not shadowboxing. Well, not yet, but, like, if I can jailbreak my Oculus Rift, maybe. <laughs> I uh, let, let, You know what? Let's talk about that on the episode. Oculus is a company that makes VR headsets, and I have an Oculus Rift S, and I bought it back in 2020. And a few weeks after I bought it, Oculus was bought by Facebook. Which means now, two years later... That Facebook policy has gone into effect, and now, in order to use my Oculus Rift S, I, one, need a Facebook account, which I refuse to do, and two, need to give Facebook permission to all of their data gathering. And I read this data gathering page, right? One of the sections tells them that they will track how I move in video games and send that data places why why are you tracking how i move when i play vr games it's all for the factor of they want to know how you're using the game so they can advertise to you better that's capitalism they want all the information to sell you what you want i mean maybe nothing more nothing less at the exact same time Depending on what you have booted up, you might be doing things you shouldn't be. Yeah, maybe, but, like, think about this. It is literally tracking how I move and sending that data to a corporation who will sell that data to other people. And I have to agree to that in order to use something else that I paid for. I cannot use this Oculus Rift S. It will not turn on 
unless I, one, lo log into it with a Facebook account, and two, agree to let them do that. And I don't, so this thing is effectively a paperweight. Unless I can jailbreak it, which is, uh, well, okay, technically it's illegal, but I paid for it, and I can't use it anymore. Well, it depends on your state's laws about it. It's about, complicated. Yeah. I'm going to start there. So instead, what I'm going to um, do is I'm going to sell this, and I am going to buy a different headset. Probably index. a Valve Index was what I was thinking about, right? But the Valve Index has not been updated in years. There is a new version of the HTC Vive, um, which apparently works really well with Steam, according to early reviews. It's okay. not, it, it is a little more expensive than the Valve Index, but it's also brand new using modern technology, not technology from five, ten years ago. And it has a built-in program to its lenses that will adapt to my eyes, so I can set it for my glasses. I mean, that's useful. That is really like you're useful. You're going to be streaming with it. What I've been told is Index is the best for any sort of streaming. True, but I'm not sure how much I'm going to be streaming with it. Usually, I like to do VR because I really like the game Beat Saber, which has music. And if I stream with I Beat Saber and have that music on Twitch, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, I'm going to start since... getting takedown notices all over the um... place. Okay, there's legal complications all over the place here. I should do an episode but, on copyright law, since it directly affects me. Yes, you need to do that so you can understand them better. Docs. Uh, I'm just going to make one copyright law. You should specify for that to study music copyright. Well, it don't just go over a lot of different copyright. You know what? I could no. I you're could gonna want to dissect every single one in a different episode because there are so many various modifications across everything. If an AI is being fed, say, a hundred thousand different art pieces from a website like, say, DeviantArt, how much of that belongs to the people that created? those thousand some pieces of art crap Shouldn't okay they have a right and say <laughs> no your ai is not allowed to use my art style i think i'm gonna make this the style. last episode of the year because mickey mouse goes into the public domain as of january 1st 2024 so i can talk about copyright law right then right before mickey mouse enters public domain if he does, because you know that they're, because you know Disney's gonna try and politically maneuver their way to extend the copyright on that. I mean, that or just throw them in the garbage. I mean, I, they're not gonna get rid of their iconic. Like, everything they have is built around Mickey Mouse. They're not. Well, I say everything that they have. It's not. How do I explain it? Um. 
the mascot. It is basically their mascot, yeah. And he enters public domain, which means other people can take that and do whatever they want with it. So, I mean, within... you know that they're going to try, and they have done this in the past, they're going to try to lobby Congress to pass a copyright law to extend their hold on that. And Congress isn't going to really know any better because copyright laws on laws regarding the internet are very outdated. And so oh, yeah, right now it's basically are... self-police right now. Yes. I mean, in fairness, a lot of this self-policing is unfortunately not done well. No, it's not. Especially... Mm, I'm on Twitch right now. Can I say... You know what? I'm going to say it. Especially because of Twitch, actually. Twitch is a good example for this because Twitch does have a terms of use and streamer conduct that's supposed to be followed, right? They don't enforce it uniformly. If you're a very large streamer on Twitch, like millions of viewers, millions of subscribers, thousands of viewers all the time you are much more likely to get away with something than, say, someone like me, who has currently one viewer. Hello, one viewer. Welcome to the stream. But, like, they have really spotty ways that they enforce their own rules, and one of the worst things is sleep streams, where you're streaming yourself while you're asleep. And yes. one person was like, oh, but Twitch has a category for that, right? It's perfectly fine because as long as you're in that category, Twitch is fine with it. That category is called I'm Just Sleeping. It's for a 2014 game, a text adventure game called I'm Just Sleeping. It's not so that you can sleep on stream. In streamer conduct, yeah, very specifically states... that would just be just chatting yeah otherwise so, it would be just sleeping instead of I'm just sleeping yeah and it very clearly says that it's for a text adventure game when you go to that category and instead it's just people sleeping there and in streamer conduct it very clearly states that idle streams in which the streamer does not say or do anything for over half an hour for example, sleeping or placing yourself on the B right back screen and not saying anything in excess of half an hour is not allowed. Yeah. And this never ever gets enforced. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some streamers have come up with creative ways to get around it because they have their friends jump in on their stream for them. Yeah. I mean, I suppose so, but like... You're sitting there asleep. That That's idle. And it very clearly yeah. is against the code of conduct. And Twitch doesn't do anything about it. And then Twitch did have a problem earlier. You know, going back to copyright. I mean... Twitch had a problem okay, last year. Oh, sorry, go ahead. We might as well rope in the huge other beast that's causing issues with some of the same things we might as well bring in youtube and say hey there is actually pornography on youtube if you look it up 
You can find it. Just find like the it. whole hot tub streaming thing. Find There's it. No, it's advertised to me. It is advertised to me. And to be clear, I have personalized ads turned off on my YouTube. And it just shows up right there, right in front of me. While I'm at work on my lunch break. And like, I did not ask for this. I expected yeah. this to be a safe platform where I would not see things like that. But nope, there yeah. it is. But the problem, yeah. another problem that Twitch has with their copyright law is, well, last year, Twitch started getting hit with a bunch of takedown notices, right? Yeah. And Twitch sent out an email to all of their creators saying, hey, we do notice that there is a large influx of these takedown notices. We have noticed that many of these takedown notices are made by bots that are scanning our website for previously recorded VODs. So in order, so if you are using copyrighted material, we recommend turning off VODs and clips. They're not telling, hey, stop streaming copyrighted material. They're saying, hey, stop getting caught streaming copyrighted material. <laughs> They're telling us how to get around it instead of actually, you know, not doing it. Oh, that's even that, better. That is not good. <laughs> But like for my music here, if you've been hearing music in the background, I've licensed that music. I pay $5 a month to use a lot of different things from this record label, and I really like it. So I'm good to support them, and they support me. And since I've started using them, I have not been copyright striked on YouTube or on Twitch once. Didn't I recommend them to you? Uh, I don't think so. This is, a, this is a record label I've been listening to since middle school, so... Oh. What label is it? Monster Cat. I, I think you recommended something else to me. Uh, there's no copyright sound. No, I'm pretty sound. sure I recommended Monster Cat. I've been Monster listening to Cat Monster Cat since middle similar. school. I think when I recommended it, you just didn't know you could get a license with it. It's possible... No, I was advertised. I remember I was going to their website to buy Monster Cat merch for the first time. And I've got like a little plush of it. It's behind my chair. Um, I've got a little Monster Cat plush on the shelf back there next to the... Kind of hard to see. Yeah, he's facing away. But there's like a Monster Cat plush there. And while I was there, it said, hey, check out Monster Cat Gold. And that's what it is. Monster Cat Gold gives you a right, basically, to use their music. And it's... $5 a month or like $100 a year or something like that. Wait, is it $100? I don't remember, but yeah. It's not $100 a year. It's less than that, but... And it's just great because I can listen to most of their... Not everything is available for that content creator license, but most of it is. Usually on their yeah. top 30 most downloaded, there's only two or three that are not allowed to be used. I mean, on the website, the I've got a simple part, toggle here that says content creator safe mode on or off. And right now it's on, of course. For the most part, you can probably get away with a lot more than just that. I mean, that's pretty easy, but... Get away with? 
That sounds like I'm you doing can something give away wrong. with most of the time just putting on a YouTube playlist of just monster cat stuff, and you'd probably be fine. I mean, probably, but I like using their player. It's really simple to use, and it's got the toggle on and off, so I know for sure that I am not violating anyone's copyright. Because I don't want to. Because that's bonus. wrong! And would cause you more issues. Yeah, no kidding. So I am going to do an episode on copyright law at some point during this year. When? I don't know yet. Maybe Congress will start trying to mess with the law to extend Mickey Mouse's rights or something like that well maybe it'll be the last episode off with the first one we should probably get into when it comes down to that and let's start with um art as a continuation on your ai art subject oh yeah i could do that as well so i'll like add all these into a note and write a proper episode on that but like i haven't researched this topic incredibly well. I have no sources, so I'm not going to do that today. I understand that. What about the Biden-Ukraine theory, though? Did you, did you... Were you here for all of that? Not all of it. Not all of it? Okay. So, according to a House resolution, House Re- Resolution 57, there's an attempt currently to impeach Joe, uh, Joe Biden. Because, well, you know Hunter Biden, his son? You've heard about his laptop? You almost certainly heard about his laptop. I watch absolutely no news in the morning. Okay, so... Hunter Biden's laptop was supposedly lost or turned over to a repair store, which is how all of this started to get discovered, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was either lost or stolen and turned into a repair store, right? And then because the repair store realized that what they were looking at might not be legal, they turned it over to the FBI after making a copy. And the FBI promptly lost it. And then, while talking with the FBI about it, Senator Cruz just straight pulled out, Oh, I've got the other copy. So, here, don't lose it this time. And so they've been... I hope he made a copy before he gave them the copy. Of course, he probably almost certainly did, but that's where this story kind of opened up. So, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name of the company right. Burasuma, I'm probably butchering it. But it's a gas company that's located in Ukraine. And Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden was paid four million, or was it four... It was four something. Um, let me find it here. Yeah, he was paid four billion dollars to join the board of directors at Burasuma. And then shortly afterwards, the Ukrainian government began this kind of anti-corruption program to root out corruption, things like that. And their top anti-corruption prosecutor, Viktor Shokin began an investigation into Burasuma while Hunter was still on the board of directors, right? Then, at the time, Vice President uh, Joe Biden, according to this House resolution, threatened to withhold $1 billion in loan guarantees if Ukraine's leaders did not dismiss their top anti-corruption prosecutor. The Ukrainian parliament did end up firing him, 
and the loan guarantee went through. This and other dodgy business deals, as well as a bunch of other things, are all cited as reasons that President Biden should be impeached, tried, removed from office, and disqualified from holding future offices. But there's all sorts of problems with this, because in the House resolution, if you read it yourself, you can find it on congress.gov, it, its time frame constantly jumps around. It starts in 2015, goes to 2016, back to 2015, to 2017, to 2016, 2011, 2008, back to 2016, and none of the dates included actually have a day or month, just the year. So it's not precise or specific. And it's missing a whole bunch of information and details that definitely need to be filled in. Which could probably be filled in by that laptop if the FBI ever actually investigates it, but... You know, we'll never know. I mean, that or they only released a partial document to prevent people to from figuring out that hey, we're on your case and we're going to figure out what you've been up to on this, 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 and this day. Well, this House resolution has been in Congress since, I want to say, January of 2021. So it's been there since Joe took office as president. But, like, the Wikipedia page about this theory is... Well, according to the Wikipedia page, Joe did not threaten to withhold the loan guarantee, but he did, and that is a verifiable fact. He did threaten to withhold the loan guarantee, but the reason why he did it is what's disputed here. Either it was because, one, he wanted them to fire Victor Shokin because he was investigating Burasuma and didn't want them to get rid of Hunter because Hunter was corrupt or something like that. Or it was because that Shokin himself was corrupt. And so he wanted the Ukrainian parliament to remove Shokin to prevent him from being corrupt. I find it interesting or difficult to believe that the top anti-corruption prosecutor in Ukraine was himself corrupt. So, who knows uh, if there are other reasons um, as well, even. My stream just disconnected, no oh dear. I mean, Don't worry, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody uh, hired someone to weed out a mole and just wound up giving money to the mole to find themselves. Yep. It's... Because the CIA and FBI, I think, both have done that before. Oh, and they refuse to work with each other, despite the fact that they're supposed to. Oh, yeah. It's just... Icky poos. It's so uncomfortable to try and research this, because there's so much information that's just missing. Or outright lying about on any source. It's so annoying. Uh... Anything else you think we should include I mean, in this part episode? part of that is oh. kind of like how much of this is still just redacted documents or that you're only getting yeah. like the minimal spark notes of. But also, how much of this is outright lies? 
or stretch. Could be ninety percent of it, ten percent of it. Yeah, that's the problem. But we have no idea. How can we tell? I mean, it could be like a lot of the stuff Trump says, and Fake it's news. to make someone look good and someone look bad. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Just throw so, out the Trump Biden debate and get someone else in here who you know isn't them <laughs> anything else you think we should add to this episode I don't think there's enough you can't yeah, add enough to like this can. episode I mean it's... well I mean oh yeah tornado season's coming up tornado season's coming up California's got their they've been uh, there's been granted federal funding for their damages from their own. Those pop up every week, though, so. I do have one Other last thing. No, earthquakes or forest fires Fire. or any other kind of natural disasters. They pop up every other week all across the United States. Oh, yeah. When you get to looking at that stuff, part of it's because it's such a huge freaking country. Yeah. There's almost no way for us not to have a natural disaster somewhere that we have to work on fixing. So those pop up every single week. is, And as long as they aren't horribly mismanaged like the Puerto Rico uh, Katrina, it it's usually all right. But lastly, the service I use for these voice chats is Discord. And in a text channel, you can select GIF next to the text bar to search Tenor for a GIF uh, to post in the text channel. When I search duck, the very first thing that shows up is a duck twerking. It's not really relevant, I just thought it was funny. Check the description for more information, including the resources I used to build this episode. You can also join our Discord server to discuss these and other topics, as well as join in when these episodes are recorded every Monday at 7pm Central. If you would like Next to support time, the should show- should we talk about how ridiculous the internet is? I go with political, current political events, so it depends on what happens this week. I mean, we could go over the Waffle House. I'm not going over the fucking Waffle House. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm deleting every <laughs> single one, I'm deleting every single comment that says the Waffle House has a new host, because it's stupid. Okay, uh, actually... Okay, fine, we'll talk about it. Because I, I know where that meme comes from, and I need to talk about that. Well, what's bad is I know how to wind you up like a clock. Yeah, okay. So that meme comes from... Well, it comes from one person who said, we need a comment that we'll just blow up the internet with, right? And then the chat just unanimously decided, oh, it's the Waffle House has found its new host. That's the comment that we're going to do. But someone in that chat room started that. And you want to know where that probably actually came from? Sure. Remember that video of the Waffle House host that had a chair thrown at her? And instead of letting the chair hit her, she caught it with one hand and put it down on the floor really quickly in one very smooth, fluid motion. No. No? Well, that happened in December. Um, a patron at Waffle House threw a chair at a host 
at that Waffle House, and the host caught it, one-handed, and just set it on the ground, like, perfectly just sitting on a chair in, in one's fluid motion. You want to know what happened to that host? What, to get fired? She was fired. And not just fired, she's been blacklisted from ever working at any Waffle House ever again. So oh, this that's... meme, the Waffle House has found its new host, is talking about people who are trying to find a replacement to this worker who got fired for defending herself. She defended herself and she's been fired and blacklisted for it. And we're joking about it by trying to say that they found a replacement for her. That's stupid. And we should not ever do that. Yeah. Welcome to the internet. Yeah. Don't you dare play the song. I don't have the song. (laughs) But that's why I'm so upset about this meme. And well, it's freaking everywhere. It's so annoying. And it's it's not even funny. It's just sad. And. Uh. Anyway, if you would like to support the show or spread the word, I have a merch store full of items that show off both the show's logo and the icons for individual episodes. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of Bright Future. These episodes are released every Tuesday at 6pm Central, so I'll see you back here next week.